our lives live on Periscope now, right? No. No, not at all. <laughs> you think you think you have problems now. Wait till you see the Periscope burnout, Aaron. <laughs> Can't wait. No, wait. I can wait. So, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 33 of the uh, Android-only podcast. Oh, Wait, Ouch. oh, is it? Yeah, no. so, so it's April 1st. Today's April 1st. <laughs> April 1st, folks. Right. So I, actually, it's the episode 33 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. I am an android. And I am also joined by, uh, how's it going, Jaime Lopez in Seattle, Washington. Hello, hello. <laughs> and we're joined once again by Mark Rubin, who, Dr. Mark Rubin, who is actually in L.A. today. Hey, everybody. There's one thing I have in mind to talk about. Burnout. Hmm? Are you familiar with that phenomenon? Oh, yeah, totally. Like That describes the last three days for me. Yeah. So the context is sort of, uh, you know, I've been, I've been feeling it a little bit myself in the last few days in particular. It get, it's the sort of thing that gets more acute, right? And then I saw a tweet from, I think it was Brian Gillum. Yes, Brian, you know Brian Gillum, friend of the show. Yes, uh, Chronicon guy. Now he said that uh, he was he's been thinking about it too, and you know, sort of at the beginning of stages of putting together a presentation about it. I think, um, and it really like his his very mention of it was was enough to sort of kick my brain going, thinking, "Hey, that's what I'm feeling right now." <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's because it kind of tends to creep up on you, and I I, I just sort of realized that uh, in in my current day job, I'm I'm getting a little burned out uh because i'm in the midst of something rather difficult and uh mm-hmm. i'm not even sure how to talk about it but i feel like this is something that a lot of developers deal with to mm-hmm. a large degree and i i don't know if um if you guys feel like it's something that's worth talking about um but i think it's something that since so many people deal with it might be useful you know like <laughs> what what conditions cause it you know why? You know, and I, it's it gave me some time to sort of reflect on why why this was, and it made me think that there's all these distinctly developer related issues that crop up that lead to this burnout thing, um, and it, I don't know. Like, let me throw something out. Like, it's like um, the the drive to perform. You know that. Developers are under constant pressure to deliver. At least, you know, in, in the roles that I'm in where I'm, I'm going in as a contractor and uh, there's a constant deadline, um, there is a, uh, a deliverable that you've committed to and everybody just wants it as soon as humanly possible. But, you know, actual real development takes time <laughs> and uh, you have to proceed with caution when you're building something, because if you build it fast, it's going to screw up. Um, so there's these constant balancing act that you have to perform. And as, especially when you're tackling something really big and heavy and difficult, like I have been, uh, it wears on you as you go day after day after day, trying to hammer against the same wall. And some days are better than others. Uh, but if you string together too many days where you haven't made a lot of great progress, I think that's when the feeling becomes more, most acute. 
Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially as a you know consultant slash contractor type, it's you know you you're, you you feel that kind of thing. You know, you're being paid for for doing things, and sometimes if you're making slower progress than you'd like, uh, it it weighs on you. Uh, you know, it, it weighs on your integrity and your and you feel like you know your reput- your reputation is is suffering if you're not producing. And yeah, I, I get all those things. I, I understand all that. How about you, Jaime? You ever deal with that? I don't know that I've really had to deal with it a whole lot. There's usually in um, some sort of support network, right? It wasn't like I was, I think I would feel more often if I was pure indie, but generally I've worked for a company of some sort. So there was like a manager or a lead, or even when I was a lead, there was other leads or colleagues that I could talk to. Ah, yes. yes. Get me through it. Right. I guess that would help obviously is being able to talk to someone else. That's Mm -hmm. something I don't feel like I have. That's true. Um, Mm-hmm. So that probably helps a lot. Uh, maybe when Tim comes back, he can comment on that as well. I don't know. Um, but actually, in, in Brian Gillum's case, he's he's a um, he's a like a lead developer at uh, the working group, which is a big agency in Toronto um, that I've had the privilege of working at for a small time. Um, and there are a bunch of developers in there, but I can see him sort of taking a leadership role and just plowing ahead with something and. Uh, uh, you know, even in a crowd, being alone in that. So I wonder if uh, that doesn't contribute as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that sort of comes to mind when I think about burnout is, I think probably a companion to that perhaps is imposter syndrome. Um, you guys familiar with that? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> and now coming from me. Now I've I've taught myself to be an iOS developer. I never went to school, as you guys know, and. So imposter syndrome is probably uh, the, the most real thing in my life, or it has been, you know. Uh, that's why it always surprises me to hear about people who I consider to be, you know, longstanding professional developers uh, who have been trained and who have been doing this for many, many years, uh, who can feel the same way. And uh, that, to me, is appall- you know, appalling, I guess, <laughs> because uh, they shouldn't feel that way, right? And I think anybody who's probably being paid to do this work should probably not feel like an imposter, and yet the the struggle to accomplish what you've promised to do, the commitments you've made, and your day to day inability to achieve your goals just because Xcode, for example, um, is is a way to sort of build up that sense of imposter syndrome. Um, and I saw a tweet yesterday or the day before from Rob Ricks. You know him, Tim. Yes, of course I do. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> if you know Rob Ricks, you know this man is the absolute opposite of an imposter, if if there could ever be one. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know anyone more uh, incredibly gifted and talented as a developer than him. Um, and to to think that, that he might consider himself an imposter uh, is just amazing to me. Uh, so... The, the, the takeaway is anybody can feel it, obviously. Well, I can say this so much about Rob Ricks. I mean, he was on um, uh, the NS North podcast the other day, and because I think he's replacing uh, Jim Dalrymple. As- really? Yeah, he's speaking there, but I know Jim Dalrymple apparently can't make it for some reason. Um, and so they, they were talking to Rob Ricks, and, and, and he, like us, is also self-taught. However, he's been programming since he was a teenager. Oh, so. yeah, like he's been doing it yeah. forever. Yeah, but he's not. He's not like he's not schooled like Jaime is schooled. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
But, you know, and I, I was – it's funny. Last time I saw Rob at Taco, um, which was probably about two or three meetings ago, uh, so yeah. like six months maybe, um, yeah. I actually talked to him about this and, you know, or he admitted that he was all self-taught. But, yeah. I mean, if you listen to this man speak, you can't understand half the things coming out of his mouth, right? Yeah, no, he yeah, – <laughs> He's he, very, yeah. very uh, – I want to say high level, but what I really mean in the computer's terms is low level, <laughs> you know? Right, um, right, right. He gets yeah. down to the metal. Like the guy is serious. Um, I'm looking mm-hmm. at uh, the NS North page now and I see that he is indeed there as a speaker. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, having him think that is, uh, is just mind blowing for me. And, uh, I would, uh, if he's listening, give him a virtual hug. Uh, because there's just no way that he, he well, we'll Jaime and I will see him at NS North. Yeah. Well, give him well. a hug for me. You probably will see him before I see him next. I don't know. You wanted me, you wanted me to comment on burnout? Yeah. You say? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, a thing that Jaime was saying is that he's, uh, he's got team members around him and, and. Yeah. And, and sometimes leaders uh, who he's been able to speak to and, and get him through the tough spots, I guess, uh, which is something that if, if you belong to a team, you can kind of count on, assuming it's a good yeah. team. Uh, but, you know, that's not my good fortune, and I don't believe it's yours either. So, Well, let me, let me, let me see if I understand sure. um, what you're talking about is in that um, you're saying, like, because I, I don't just do an iOS, I also do and an deal in other projects. And, um, like, you mean web? Yeah, web yeah, and yeah, yeah and ma- and managing large larger projects and, and sometimes you know I'm asked to do things by clients that to be honest with you I really don't know the answer when they pick up the phone and ask me the question right and you know sometimes you'll take on a task that they've asked you you know put together some large scheme or something like that um, and and you really don't know what the answer is but they're relying on you to be the expert right and sure. and i mean literally i i i think i've told this story before i don't know if i've never told on the podcast before but i registered itguy.com because i got pulled into a meeting as an expert and the guy said well well you're the it guy aren't you and <laughs> so it was a know, joke <laughs> it was a joke yeah so i've regretted it ever since but yeah. but that's one of the reasons why i registered that domain name because i thought it was kind of cool that i am the it guy but yet you know I got I got there by proxy. Basically, you know, we we merged with another company, and and there was I was general manager at the time, and there was somebody else that was general manager, and it kind of like you know they sort of said you can go play with the computers now, and I went okay, sure, you know, but but then you know having all this responsibility foisted on you, you know, being responsible for multi million dollar pieces of equipment, you know, not going down at any any point in the day, it, that's pretty stressful no matter how you look at it, and. Currently, what I'm going through is uh, since January, I landed a bunch of jobs that are very high demand jobs, and they're they're for very big, you know, serious corporations, right? And um, you know, I've been asked to be the lead developer on these things. It's admittedly it's web, but um, you know, with the promise that it'll move into iOS, who knows? Mm. But but it's pretty stressful. And I actually went out and I started, you know, I started out putting out feelers for other, other web developers and, you know, and other iOS people to help with some of the other projects. And I eventually just landed on a production manager type guy who's now help, who's now working with me on business development for my company. Right. And we've been building a team over the last couple of months and uh, we're now down, we're now about four or five people together, but it's, and, uh, but I'm still the guy responsible for all this, this work getting done. And it's all like delivering in the next couple of weeks. And, and I'm just, you know, like you said, I'm feeling it really badly. Like yesterday I, I was saying like, you know, I'm being pushed so hard, something's going to break. And sure enough, I misplaced a comma in a, in a file and took a site down. 
Oh dear. Mm-hmm. You know, but of course I knew what I'd done. <laughs> as soon as I, as soon as I did it, and then, then I'm like, okay, now I've taken down the back end. How do I get in there and fix this? Right. You know, so fortunately I was able to get into three FTP and fix my mistake, but you know, <laughs> but, that, but that's, the, that's what happens. You, you get so tired and, you, and you've got so many balls in the air and it's, and people are expecting you to be the, they're expecting you to be Dr. Mark Rubin, you know, and, and sometimes you're just not. Only, only Dr. Mark Rubin <laughs> is Dr. Mark Rubin. <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> For you guys. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I have like three ways of getting a hold of them. <laughs> it's sort of the, this, this thing about, you know, you've got to fake it till you make it, right? And, and yeah. we've all done that yeah. to a certain extent. We've, we've faked it, but we didn't, we'd never know if we've ever made it, right? And I think it always feels like we're in the process of making it and it hasn't happened yet and we don't know if it ever is going to happen. Yeah. And some yeah. days it feels like there's just no way you're ever going to make it. Yeah. To carry well, I mean, metaphor yeah. way too far. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's natural. I, mean, I, I think people get that, not just developers. I mean, I think people have that in every field uh, and it's just human nature, right? I, I mean, I, I've heard about yeah. this in, all over the place and, and I don't think it's anything to worry about. I mean, it's probably it's probably a good thing, right? Because it, it motivates you to, to keep working hard and keep trying and keep trying to make the extra effort and, and learn more and, and, and uh, you know, keeps keeps it going forward. If you, Otherwise, you get complacent yeah. and you get bored. Yeah. Well, and also, and also, you know, you, you have to, you have to sort of at some point reach out for help. I mean, you know, uh, I've learned that a long time ago that, that there are people out there who can help, even if they can't help you with the exact answer they can they can uh in 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 answering an incorrect question they can lead you in a correct direction that maybe you should have been looking at it before and you know like for me it's like you know i've i've uh, a lady across the street from me i've been living here for 17 years i didn't even know she was across the street and you know between the two of us we've been she's been able to pick up a lot of offload for me right and uh which is great because because and I've been able to bring her up to speed on some of the more heavier back end WordPress kind of stuff and and we've been able to you know get out some good work but so now I so now I have someone I can bounce ideas off about oh the client's saying this and the client's saying that and and uh, you know so rather than rather than stewing in my own juices you know looking at that the other the other thing I can tell you is that and I think I've talked about this before this coaching program I went through. Um, there's a there's an exercise we have called positive focus where you you look at what you because you go through the day you're exhausted you think oh god I didn't get anything done today but when you actually sit down and look at what you did get done you did actually make progress right and and uh, and maybe it's difficult for you Aaron I, I get the sense that it may be that um, that we have an expression in there focus on progress not perfection I mean because we all want to be perfect and make sure everything all of our ducks are in a row but sometimes you just have to when you're dealing with a big project or a big problem to sort of just work a little bit at it at a time kind of thing right and take breaks I mean you got to take breaks right otherwise otherwise we all just turn into a big uh, marshmallow sitting in front of our computers right <laughs> true true and that's the danger of working from home too I have to admit I mean one, one of the most annoying things about having a dog is he makes me go out for a walk every day but one of the greatest things about having a dog is he makes me go out for a walk every day right yeah yeah, you know, so he because because he doesn't understand that I got this code to build. He just he has to go out now, so go open the door, you know, kind of thing, right? Sure. So, so it's kind of you know, if he's like my Apple Watch because he makes me get up and do things that I don't want necessarily want to do, right? <laughs> he's probably <laughs> like go- actually that's more expensive than an Apple Watch, I think, in the long run. <laughs> that's true, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. It's true. I wonder if there's health insurance for Apple watches. 
Of course there is. It's called Apple Care. <laughs> Apple Care, right? <laughs> and you can buy it when you buy your watch. <laughs> well, you know, I posted a couple of posted a couple of weeks ago that you know, friend of the show Macintosh was at the vet because he he cut himself at the park on a picnic table, and that's like three hours of time just waiting to see a vet. It's like it's crazy, you know. At the emergency clinic in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. The I, I know clinic, that place. Yeah. I've been there. Can you guys take a quick look at Ryan Nystrom's uh, article on Xcode Playgrounds using visual, using graphics and math to test th- stuff? It's kind of cool. Ryan works for Facebook as well. I don't understand the Ryan Nystrom article. It's trigonometry. <laughs> yeah, it's math involved. Math. Right? I don't even know what what is math. Okay. It's just a way. It's a way of using uh, playgrounds to do visual testing. Of course. Right? As opposed to just well, that's uh, one of the things that Apple marketed about playgrounds right. from the very get go. Right, right. So yes, why not? It does charts and graphs. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, uh, Ryan, I think Visual Kit is what he called it in the article. Vector Kit. Vector Kit. Vector yeah, kit. and I don't, I don't know if that's something he wrote or he's imported. Yeah, Vector Kit. It is. is one he of says those. it's my library. Mm. I created a new play, playground in my library called Vector Kit Playground. So what? Uh, how do you see this, uh, Tim? Is this something that's uh, interesting to you? Do you see yourself? Well, I th- yeah, like I thought it was yeah, because yeah, because because math, right? Math hurts, right? You, you love math. You can't no. stop doing math. Yeah, math. Well, no, because I have a lot of game ideas, and and the the struggle for me with the game ideas is the trigonometry, like. Where is the bird on the screen? Where is the ball? How do I get the ball to hit the bird? Think that kind of stuff. Or how do we get the bird to fly over to the ball? You know that kind of stuff. Huh. So that, that's interesting. Aside from this whole thing, like you're you you have ideas for games. Oh, lots of them. Yeah. No kidding. And mm-hmm. so when you think about a game idea, do you consider the fact that like it's almost certainly going to disappear with a plop in the app store? Like how how I don't know how. Like, and I'm I'm not asking you this to mock you. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. I'm I'm trying to say because when I have a game idea, um, yeah. it's it's the same struggle. It's like, what is the point of coming up with a game unless you can make it like phenomenally beautiful? Well, with atmospheric music and. Well, let me let me ask you a question. Okay. Though. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you you are formerly a web developer. You may sort of still be a web developer, right? Uh, well, yeah, yes. Okay, so when when did you start working on the web? When did you start making web pages and stuff? Uh, 98? Yeah, so early enough, right? Yeah. Because uh, I, th- I think I first went on the web or on the web around 96 or so. But, yeah, so when I started, I mean, I, I still somewhere have, I posted it the other day, actually. I found it on the uh, Throwback Thursday. I, po- I was digging through an old CD, and I found the actual first web page I ever made. Right? Yeah, okay. I stuck it on a CD somewhere. It just ended up in my archives, and so I, I basically did a screenshot of it in Safari and posted it on Twitter. Sure, but um, you know, and you know, you start out you start out with a simple page, and then you, then you make some, you know, then you then you eventually get to the part where you have like the the date changes every, you know, it's, it shows today's date, and next thing you have a hit counter, and at, over time your your site starts to to evolve. And I used to imagine I used to do a lot of web development on the weekends because you know I had a full time job, and so that was the only time I kind of had it to do it. And I sort of had in my mind's eye this this imaginary uh, network of people out there who are looking at my web pages, right? <laughs> I, no, I mean, I, well, you know, and and, you th- and if you think about it, you're communicating with those people through this new medium called web web pages, right? Yeah, they're imaginary, uh, but well, no, I mean, so so, but you have to imagine that that were that was long before the nefarious spammers and all that kind of stuff came along, too, right? I mean, I remember look, looking in Lycos. Remember Lycos? Yeah. I remember doing a search in Lycos for something and and getting you know x number of hits out of six hundred and thirty thousand web pages. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like that was early days, right? Uh-huh. You know, so and everything was gray with stupid blue links and all that kind of crap, right? Um, you know, I just I just knew there was this community out there that were that weren't my friends. They weren't like guys I could go to and have a beer or, or go play hockey or baseball with or whatever. These were another group of people out there who were who were doing similar kind of things that I was doing, you know, in my in my you know sitting on my couch working on web pages and and so. The whole idea of doing websites for me, you know, started out as a way of publishing my ideas and, and putting up my, putting my creativity out there, right? So, and that's the same thing with games. I mean, I, I have fun writing games with my grandsons, and we, we, we have fun doing things. Like, we made a little robot the other day that just runs around on the floor and acts like a room of vacuum cleaner, right? And, we you know, we tweak the program to make it do different things, right? But you just do that for fun. I mean, I, I think – and that's the same thing with building apps. You know, I built some apps just for fun. I mean, just – you know, not to make a world-shattering uh, uh, impact on things. In fact, so you know that Pi Day just went by March fourteenth, right? And this particular American Pi Day. Well, this was this was a, this was a, a pretty important one because it, I think it was one three one four one five, right? Yes. Um, so it was like one anyway. So I had written an app years ago called Pi Day Countdown, right? Yeah. And I actually I it was one of my app. first. And it's still out there, and, and yeah. I remember putting. I remember putting because um, you and actually Mark, on, you and I were working on on a, a version of it with um, collection views, right? And I still have that one on on the back burner. That's right. But but because uh, because the, the current one only shows one countdown at a time, but it has goofy little things like Towel Day and Christmas Day, and New Year's Day. So the only time I ever use it is on New Year's Day to count down to to New Year's, right? For some reason, this year people started downloading Pi Day Countdown, hmm. right? And I ended up like I, it was phenomenal. I think I had like, you know, close to a thousand people downloading my stupid little app that I wrote five years ago for fun. You know, so I even, I even got a one star review. That's how phenomenal the success was. That is amazing. I (laughs) actually got a one star review on my crappy little app that I wrote years ago. Right. (laughs) I do. I mean, I update it every year for iOS 7 and iOS 8 and all that. I do, I do go through and redo the icon, you know, just as a matter of pride. But yeah, it's just. It was just for shits and giggles. Right? As it were. Yeah. What was the complaint in the one-star review? Uh, he wanted to be – well, see, I had we had done it initially back in 2011, and it was done to fire at 1.59 a.m., right? Th- sorry, 314.159. So, uh, so third March, 14th day, uh, 1.59 a.m., right? That's when it fires, right? If you, if you do nothing else with the app, that's when the, the notification goes off, right? This guy wanted to do well, this year's was particularly auspicious because uh, it was three one four one five being the, f- the year twenty fifteen right and then he wanted and then he wanted he wanted to do it to like nine forty seven or whatever the next three numbers were so his complaint was that he couldn't mark it down to the second because <laughs> <laughs> I only right. put a date picker with you know yep. date and time right. <laughs> down to the hour, right? And that you was missed a, your that, chance. One star. Was, I know exactly, exactly. It, it didn't run. So my 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 joke comment is, it didn't run as I expected. One star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or as I imagined. Anyway. Yep. That's my pie day countdown. Um, Too so, bad you missed the Apple Watch on that one. Just a little bit. Well, so here's the funny thing about that. Guess what? My first Apple Watch app is going to be. 
I guess I don't have to guess. <laughs> It'd be a long, slow burn on that one. Huh? <laughs> no, wait, I can't guess. Well, what, he, Tim? Tell us, I'm dying. Well, well, here's, I, I just here's, imagine it's like this boondoggle of like stuff of how it has like eye beacon integration and it's like <laughs> geofencing and handoff continuity, so you can see the same thing on your Mac. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You have to have handoff. So if you're counting down on your Mac and you have to, leave oh, that's to true. Go to the party, true. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to make an OS X map for, uh, right. for or an OS right. ten map. Sorry, 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 or an OS ten. Um, <laughs> I'll jump uh, out of here. <laughs> well, well, the other, the other, uh, the other idea I had was was uh, the Strombo app has a, a play, pause and play, right? So I was thinking of making a pause and play uh, button for the Strombo app, right? So. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. What do you, have you guys got any other than the pillbox thing? I know, yeah, 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 whatever. But have you guys got any ideas for uh, for apps? Well, none, none other than the ones I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really am still waiting to see. You know, once I have one on my wrist, what happens? Mm. And then, of course, yeah. to see the apps that are out there already. You know, like I guess uh, news item, news flash. It turns out that developers can now submit their apps for. Oh yes, I've asked you watch, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's that's news. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, well, there's going to be a whack of them, obviously. So by the time the watch is out, with all this lead time, there's going to be a ton of watch apps available. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think personally, I think a lot of them are going to be a crap and a waste of time, right? Uh, because I suspect that um, boondoggles, like you mentioned, are going to be, you know, like let's just find a way, any way, to get our app <clears throat> watch ca- capable. So. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of bad ideas. I hope not too many bad ideas, but uh, there certainly will be some. Well, I mean, and that's the danger too: is that that uh, that you don't want to ruin the whole new ecosphere of of apps that uh, by by having just crappy re- reproductions of what's in your app, right? So it's true. It's it's, it's got to be something else. It's got to be something that that uh, extends the uh, extends the thing. And I mean, that's part of what I said in, in my talk the other day was that that uh, I, I borrowed Jaime's. Uh, idea of, of telling these people it's going to have nothing to do with telling time right yeah it's all it's going to be something about something about the experience or something about the benefit of wearing a watch or you know, monitoring your health or something it's going to be we don't know what it is in the same way that we didn't know what the iphone was going to be you know we don't make calls on our phones right well, well we don't but yeah point taken i mean it's going to be uh, a wait and see thing that I, i'm kind of sitting back you know like i'm i'm neck deep in magpie right now right? so and and i thought to myself okay well What's a, what's a Magpie app look like on the watch? And I was like, no, 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 that's not going to work at all. There's no way <laughs> that Magpie works on a watch. Now, if Apple comes out with an Apple TV SDK, now we're talking. There, I'm going to be all over that like a dirty shirt. But yeah, so a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of people want to get into the Apple TV. I thought I thought we uh, there was talk about it. I guess a couple of years ago, but we never actually did get an SDK for that, right? No, for there the isn't one. Yeah, um, there's clearly there clearly is an SDK. It's just private, right? So we see yeah. Apple coming out with all these ridiculous channels all the time, right? Um, but uh, nothing that you know uh, developers like us can target. So, but there is talk now, like uh, after Apple announced the price drop on the current Apple TV to sixty nine US, mm-hmm. that uh, they they use the language starting at, and mm. there was a report oh. that followed later, I believe it was in the Wall Street Journal, that said Apple is coming out with an improved Apple TV and presumably one that includes an SDK, an App Store. Uh, right, um, right, right. And so. I'm really looking forward to that uh, for Magpie because I think uh, it, it's a natural fit for the Apple TV. 
Yeah, so I did hear that there's going to be, uh, I think as we know this already, that there's going to be a store on the watch for buying watch apps, right? Did you guys see that? It won't be on the watch. Or is it? it, or, is it or it's going to be in the iTunes, you think, or you something can, like that? No, right? you can do it right now, actually. Like the Apple Watch app that's part of right. iOS Oh, iOS 10, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in iOS, oh, iOS 8, yeah, yeah, 8.2, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. has an app store tab in it. And right now mm-hmm. it only shows an order page for the Apple Watch, but right, right. Uh, once once it's all out, that's where you should be able to go to look specifically at apps that have watch components. So, mm-hmm. so coming back to the Apple TV, though, um, yeah, uh, I was watch, listening to, um, I think it was Rocket Podcast, Christina Warren raised an interesting point about the HBO deal. Uh, when they were talking about uh, that, the announcement that, you know, the, the event, right. And I, I don't know if you guys know, and maybe this will bore the hell out of you or whatever, but, but did you realize or didn't realize that the, the deal that with Apple and HBO is during the run of Game of Thrones? That's right, or at least the beginning of it. That... Well, because, because Game of Thrones apparently is, is the huge seller for HBO. They, they, mm-hmm. they, people go and they sign up for it and they you know, watch Game of Thrones, and as soon as the series is over, they cancel their account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I mean, <laughs> yes, it is enormously popular, um, but it's a limited-time exclusive offer that HBO has with Apple, but then they'll be offering it um, with other uh, platforms. But I don't think it's that long, like, Game of Thrones is going to air over the course of, what, say, two months or so? Yeah. So it's usually about 10 episodes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, huh. yeah, I don't know if uh, if the off if that uh, exclusivity period is going to last as long as that, but uh, maybe it will. Does that work in Canada, do you know? Doubter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nothing works in Canada. See? Yeah. Yep. As I'm listening to iTunes Radio, paying with Apple Pay. And... <laughs> what? No, I'm not doing any of those things. Just be Shopping glad at you're Target. getting a watch. Just be glad you're getting a watch. <laughs> yeah, All right. that's true. That's true. Since I posted the, the um, Samsung FlyFi Pigeon story, which is apparently a work of fiction, did you guys see any interesting uh, April Fool's stuff today at all or anything of note? I saw the one about uh, Greece converting to Bitcoin for their currency. Oh, really? No, I didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, ThinkGeek has a ton of stuff. If you go to their site, they have all sorts of products like a Game of Thrones uh, edition. Or sorry, a Game of Thrones edition of the game Clue. There's a Voltron, like, kitty condo thing that cats can climb into. Mm -hmm. A 360-degree selfie harness that you wear, which might work with Periscope, honestly. (laughs) um and and i think by far the best one i saw i mean it's not even really a joke it's just a nifty thing is the pac-man on google maps right oh really right Mm -hmm. has anyone tried going to com.google yeah com.google no no hang on com.google all reverse (laughs) sometimes we just need to reflect on what we're doing Oh, is it backwards? Ah, bum bum Com.google. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Amazon today? Yes. Oh. yes. Amazon.com. They went back retro. Yeah, Amazon's retro one that, that you mentioned there brings back memories. I remember when Toys R Us, yeah. .com, and Borders, and Barnes & Noble all look like that. I think they're all using the same infrastructure. Notably not Retina Graphics. Oh, wait, it just snapped in. Nice. So I just went to Amazon. It can't be. Oh, Everybody Amazon. had like 640 by 480 at that time. Right. Well, this is 800 by 600. Sold books. Wow. 
That's cool. Now, Aaron, Aaron mentioned, uh, I think it was last week, you mentioned uh, Don't Make Me Think by um, Steve what's Krug. His name? Krug. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah, he uh, he uses Amazon's uh, homepage, in the, in the, I guess in the first edition, as an awesome way to build a site because it's basically it's built towards what the product did. And that was, he was yeah. talking about this type of layout, actually. Yeah, he loved Amazon in that yeah. book. Yeah. Remember that. Well, I have I have the newer version which has covers all the mobile stuff which I haven't actually made it through yet, but but that should be interesting. But huh. that's cool. Microsoft um, did a funny thing that I saw today. They they published a product video announcing the uh, the launch of what is it MS DOS Mobile. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, MS DOS on a mobile phone, classy. Like a lot of the a lot of these are obviously marketing gimmicks. You know, like yeah. they're not just you know laugh for laugh's sake. It's it's an opportunity to sell their actual product right right so so the one i thought that was was really classy and it actually caught me for a minute was and because i saw a, a, a sort of snapshot of a circuit board on uh, i think it was on facebook where i first saw it but uh i fix it did an apple watch teardown today oh yeah <laughs> yeah and didn't that, see that, that yeah so you know how they they're famous for going and buying stuff and like within a day or two of it actually hitting the streets tearing it apart and sort of examining all the bits and pieces and how it's how it's constructed and that kind of stuff right so when you get in there though it's actually they're talking about the apple watch that apple released back in the 90s wow but they they do it they do it up as if it's like uh today but i you know i i got as far as as the first couple of screens and okay fine but they, they almost got me there yeah i see it it's the the old apple watch that you got from rainbow logo apple yeah, yeah. It's just a just a regular quartz watch. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. Pretty yeah. funny. Cool. So, in, so in terms of follow up, we have uh, Darren Baptiste, a uh, friend of the show, Darren Baptiste. We talked about him the, a couple of weeks ago. He's the gentleman that did a talk at Taco on um, uh, App Code and what else did he do? The other reveal, thing, reveal, from I think. Friends. Reveal, I think. Oh yeah, it was a reveal. That's right. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> For but some I post- reason, I thought it was from JetBrains too. Yeah, I posted. No. Uh, I posted. Um, and I think we've talked about reveal on the show before, right? I believe. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. We better have. I mean, it's, it's awesome. But he posted a comment uh, about uh, Aaron's um, struggle with marketing. So he's kind of saying, "Go, go with it as, as you develop it." Basically, so well, or or he's saying develop it till you, till you got it to the point where where you think it's it's constructed and it's ready to go, and then turn your attention towards marketing. Yeah, right. And then and then because uh, he says like his his point is that your code won't go stale right. while you work on right. your marketing effort, right? Rather than putting it out there and, and having it go flat, splat because um, well, I, you know I think I think that like I said before or, or from um, Parissa Foster's comments about marketing were that. Um, you know, you have that, you, there's that little, that little slope of, you know, when it hits the store and it's new and shiny and fresh, you're going to get some organic results anyway there. But if you build up a buzz to before the launch, you know, um, you can get more, more traction, I think. Right. It's worth a try. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing Darren's saying here is just that, you know, you can build your app and then, and then stop working on it and then work on marketing and be a marketing person for a while. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like, to all intents and purposes, that's really what I'm doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am, I have built the app. It's I'm I've frozen its features. I'm not adding any more features to it. Uh, I'm I'm tackling some bugs that I hit, but um, I'm spending most of my time working with the app on the marketing side right now, mm-hmm. doing promo videos. I actually bought ScreenFlow. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, so I've been putting together all these promo videos now and and how-to videos. Right. Um, 
So yeah, I can I can see where he's going with this. Um, in terms of follow up, though, it, like it's good that actually gives you time to do more testing. You can never do enough testing. You just no mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah, just, <laughs> just got to be careful about feature creep, right? Don't think, oh, one more yeah. feature, one more feature as you're doing. Yeah, I'm this. I'm trying to be really rigid about that, Mark. I don't want to add any more features. Uh, yep. Although I've I've got a bunch in mind. I know that I'd <laughs> like to see, but um, I just I actually see that as sort of a marketing uh, activity as well. One yeah, of the one of the points I wanted to make last week that I uh, I think I started to make because I just listened to the uh, last week's podcast a couple of days ago. Um, mm-hmm. Something I was trying to say was that the the whole idea of the big splash, right? That you only make your money in the first two weeks and then it disappears or it might as well be gone. Um, I know that phenomenon is well documented, but uh, I I would like to believe, and I'm going to work on this app as if that phenomenon doesn't exist. Right. Um, and and I think you're right to do that because you don't want to because then it comes back to what you were saying to me earlier like what's the point of even bothering to build something right so yes exactly like um, the, the the point is I think that I I have a series of features that I I want to add to this app like like what Mark had said you know like mm-hmm. don't add features now I've done it I've got like what I think of as a as a solid beginning product has all the features that you know, I set out to do, but now I've got all these enhancements in mind as well. And I think that, um, rather than expend, blow my wad, if you will, <laughs> on marketing the best app ever right mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. I get out there, gauge the interest and continue adding features, continue refining it. Um, because you know, it is actually the first thing I've built and will be selling that I feel like I'll be using every day. So, right, right. um, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to there being like a a continuous burn, if you will, rather than a big bang and then nothing. Well, because here's another thing that you could do. And, and those of you who are thinking of buying Aaron's app Magpie, fast forward for about three minutes. Okay, <laughs> I'll wait. It's okay, I'll wait. Okay. So the other thing you can do is rather than adding, if you have a bunch of features or a bunch of things that you think that are of value to somebody, is rather than releasing them in 1.0, hold them back, right? Or make them in-app purchases that people that you could then incent people to continue the cycle of buying your app or, or, or pro, you know, providing you with an income based on from your app by having certain things that you think would be nice to have or, or people would actually go the extra level to buy. Like you know, I think you were talking about the difference between a light version and a full featured version before. Maybe we're maybe not. No, no. Like uh, it's definitely going to be you know one purchase and you get the whole thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, because because I mean, even even like Overcast, if you take for example, I I I have Overcast on my phone. I, I don't use it as my main podcast app, but I know many people who do. And and I was staying with uh, Jack Wu, uh, another friend of the show, in in when I went into the to the conference in uh, Washington, and um, he had the full version of of Overcast. So I got to see the the features like the skipping the white noise feature, which uh, smart or, speed, yeah, yes, smart speed, or yes. or skipping you know skipping all the the stuff. And I think it intelligently goes through. And, and saves you hours and hours of time in terms sure. of listening. But you know, so is is that worth five bucks? Yeah, maybe it is. You know, yeah, I so. bought it. Um, you know, the idea with uh, with Marco's app is that it's it's free to download, but if you yeah. want to unlock these features, it's five dollars. Right, um, right. You know, and I I opted not to go that route. Actually, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm it's <laughs> for better for worse. <laughs> um, it's going to be five dollars, and uh, oh, oh, you're going to oh, you're going to charge out of, out of the gate. I was yeah, okay. yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fine too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I'm not going to you know mess around with those kinds of, of you know.
know, sort of add-on feature things, mm -hmm. you know, so. Um, so are, are you going to have a, any kind of a light version? No. Not at all? No, okay. not yeah. at all. Yeah. I, you know, I've actually had very little luck with light versions. I, I've done a lot of, um, you know, purchase once and use forever and had light versions on the side. And, and I find that the, the conversion has not been great for that. So I, I'm actually a fan of, of the purchase once model. If you can do it. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm watching to see how you do. Yeah. <laughs> so am I, Mark. <laughs> I guess, um, you know, the thing is, is that uh, I, I'm really attracted to the idea of here's this thing I want you to use. This is how much it costs. If you want it, buy it. And if you don't, uh, you know, you can steal it. <laughs> well, uh, and, and, and to, I think I said that before, you, you don't want to necessarily cater your market. I think we looked at that before with the Charles Perry diagram uh, between, you know, the niche market and, and the sell to everybody market, right? Um, you, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna negate a lot of people who, who aren't going to pay you five bucks, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You don't necessarily want those people to be your client. You want the client people to be who will pay the five bucks and, and hopefully be happy with it and not give you the one stars and uh, ask for refunds and stuff like that, right? So, Well, obviously. I mean, it's, it's, the thing is, is that it's going to be a constant uh, development process, right? Like, I, I want to live with this app for the long term. And so um, if I get one-star reviews, then that's incentive for me to improve the app and ship new versions. Um, but I'll be doing that anyway, so... Well, I mean, and that's the other thing too. You could look at things like Attentive, which allow allow people to give you a one star review, but try to capture them back and say what is it that you're not happy with, and right. and and contact Aaron and and see how perhaps you could make their experience better for them, right? Maybe maybe there's a feature missing or or, or there's an issue with uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, like I said, the one star review I got, I got on Pi Day is comical to me because, you know, I wasn't even taking it seriously when I made the app in the first place. And I think we wrote it in like a couple of hours, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, you know, so when I got a one-star review, cause the guy couldn't, you know, get it down to the second, like it was ridiculous. You know, it, the app did not perform as I imagined it would, you know, yep. one star. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to getting out there with it. Um, in the sooner the better. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Darren, for the comment, though. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And uh, that's sort of the route I'm taking right now, obviously, because there's no other way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I think you will find sticker shock to be a problem uh, oh, at always. that price point. Good. So, so <laughs> I, I guess the question is: Are you going to? maybe put some videos on a website somewhere so can, people can actually look at it and see what it yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. At the last, yeah. uh, last taco meeting, I actually put out a call asking for anyone who was uh, able to produce promo videos. And mm -hmm. uh, so I'm actually working with someone right now and mm -hmm. we're in the process of putting that together at this point. So there's going to be, there's going to be like a nicely produced promo video showing exactly how it works. Um, and I think that I'm going to be using a sort of, my stand-in for a trial version of my software, if you will. Um, and that'll be on right. the website. Cool. And I've built the website now too. So yeah, it'll be hosted there. So on the Smap, I'll do a little plug here on the Smapsoft YouTube channel. Uh, there are a <laughs> bunch of promo videos that we did for apps. Now, granted, these are a couple of years old and, and I, when I look at them now, I'm like, Oh, that's pretty dated. But, but uh, you know, but I think they were pretty good at the time and maybe take a look and see what you think if, if it's something you want to do along those lines. Cool. 
or not. How did you do them, Mark? Did you? Um, well, I didn't do them myself. Out? My business partner did them. Um, okay. But uh, it's a combination of uh, screenshots and and live action video and uh, voiceover with some music, and uh, you know, kind of just a, a homemade thing. You know, just uh, um, just took what we thought looked good in the app and a little bit of live action and stick together with some audio and and uh, see what happens. So take a look. I don't know. Yeah, you're not limited to the 30-second video that Apple lets you put on the store. Right. And obviously, you want to do that too, but there's nothing to stop you from doing a, you know, a longer video to demonstrate the features on a website. Per right. Se, right. Yep, yeah. exactly. I mean, that's what Mark was doing before Apple would give us the ability to right. videos. That's right. and yeah. So, yeah. Um, I posted a story on that I found on a 9to5app about uh, Apple releasing a bunch of third-party apps that are going to be available on the store on day one. So we're going to talk about that. Seeing the list, there are there's a lot. There's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a big number. Well, they don't want that that you know landing screen springboard order. They're going to call it to be oh, empty, right? There's so, no right. danger of that, is there? I mean, not only have you got all these apps, but like I said earlier, there's going to be a ton more of them when the mm-hmm. the the other our our app store uh, gets filled up. With all the t- the lead time that Apple's giving us, mm-hmm. right? Oh, so wow. I'm glad to see Uber is on here. I use them all the time, <laughs> and it, it will be if they if they do it right, it'll be really really good. I'm psyched about that. Yeah, yeah. Uber Uber's one. Air Canada might be one for boarding passes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder uh, MLB at Bad. I see here. I'm a big user of that app. Um, Are you? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I guess it'll just be scores and notifications, not actual game not video. Live video. <laughs> yeah. Um, Still very cool. Yeah, like no question that um, this this is following along with exactly what I was saying earlier that we're going to see uh, very compelling use cases, but it's not going to be the same one for everyone. You know, everyone's going to find their their little app that makes this thing super valuable for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and to me, like this huge collection looks like a giant plate of spaghetti um, that's being thrown against a wall. And so we're going to see what sticks, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and this in combination with what the other developers come out with that we haven't seen yet, uh, it's going to m- make for a very uh, broad range of, of options for the Apple Watch. And, you know, it's kind of it kind of what talks about what I was talking about last week with that when I was talking about scratching my head when when I heard that Apple was going to come up with a phone in the first place. Right. Um, is like, you know, OK, so how am I going to use Evernote on a watch? Really? Right. Um, that doesn't that seems kind of weird. And, and yeah. Um, Uber makes sense because you know your cab is arriving or whatever. TripAdvisor. It's not a cab. It's a it's a crowdsourced sharing service. Oh my good lord! Do you use do you use? They're very careful about that. Do you use UberX or do you use the cabs? We don't have the cabs out here. What's on the UberX? Well, it's really UberX and up. It's but we don't have the cabs. Oh, because because yeah, in, in Toronto, um, I I only use the cabs. I'm oh, just okay, that okay. way. Yeah, oh, I see. I mean, because I, I right, like that. You know, they're they're out there. They're out there doing their thing, right? So, and it's basically selling their idle time, right? Do you pay the Uber I, price or do you pay the cab price? You pay the Uber price. Well, what it is, you pay the cab fare plus twenty uh, percent for tip, right? So at least out here, the price you pay for an Uber is roughly half what you pay for a cab. Oh really? Okay, that's yeah. part of the incentive, and, and yeah. that may be the oh, case yeah. here too, right? I don't know. We haven't that's had for Uber, Uber X, X at least. 
Yeah. We only had we only had UberX here for six months, maybe a year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean I started using it when it was Uber to begin with. Right. So. Right. Hmm. Cool. Peace. I was going to say I used it once in in uh, New York City, and I was surprised to find out that I had to pay the cab driver after using Uber to get him. <laughs> that could have been a scam. Who knows? Hmm. So I look at the the list here, and it was kind of weird that there were apps that were allowed to uh, to submit for the watch, and it was a very short period of time. I think it was you know less than a week for sure before everybody else could submit their Apple right. Watch. Um, so I'm not real clear why that distinction was important, considering that absolutely nobody will have a watch until, you know, about a month from now. But you know what? There, I do know a developer who was invited down to California to, to talk about the watch before the event was announced, right? So You know two, actually. Uh, do if I? You're paying oh. attention. Yeah, you're thinking of uh, Brian. No, I'm actually thinking of somebody else. But Robin? Oh, they, they both went down too? <laughs> okay, so now you know three. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, today Brian on Twitter said that he'd been down to uh, to that thing. And, Brian? Uh, Brian Gillum. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, you're, talking about, you're talking about the, the invite, the, the, the event they had a couple of weeks ago or um, last this week? This was a while ago, like even before that. So like we know with this batch of apps that were announced, right? Yeah. That yeah. there was a bunch that, um, you know, and let me see here. Is the score here in this list? No, they're not. That's weird. Well, we know that the score, right? You know the score yeah, app. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, so we were talking about before the event, the the event where where Tim Cook came out and gave the pricing, right? Like I'm talking February, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Tim, um, where were you going yeah. with it? So yes. So yes, obviously there were people who had access to the Apple Watch. Well, that's, stuff a, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Before, right? Because they they needed yeah. something to show in October when they right. revealed. Yeah. The so watch. I that so I sense. could understand things. I could understand CNN. I could understand you know uh, Evernote. I could understand TripAdvisor. You know the big names: Yahoo, obviously Uber, Wall Street Journal. I could understand those people, Qantas, having access to Apple and the device. But and you know. Fair or not, I mean, you know, those are those are big name brands, and they're going to make Apple's watch uh, a, a success out of the gate by being on the on the device or being accessible on the device, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my point was that you know, Aaron and I, you know, making our little like Magpie is not going to be on the watch on on day one, you know, uh, and even if ever even, be on the watch. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, but I'm, my point is, even if there, even if you had a watch extension at this point in time, um, and the other thing too is we don't well. We don't even know if these are these are just extensions or if they're native or whatever, but I, I guess they're extensions, right? But um, there's got to be some native apps, I mean, right? And they can't all just be from Apple. I guess let me take, take a step back. Okay, so, for example, I have the Twitter app, right? Yeah. And yeah. I have updated to the latest version of the Twitter app, which says, hey, Apple Watch integration. Fantastic. Oh, does it? Okay. What good does that do me or anybody else right now? Obviously, no good, right? Okay. That's the whole point. So let's establish that, right? That it will not matter until April 24th. Right. Well, not quite, because when uh, when that happened, Apple came out and said that there is going to be a small group of people who are currently using Apple Watch that yeah. will have access to that stuff. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like nobody's going to be using uh, it. So what okay. they're saying is if you've got back-end services that have to be set up for the Apple Watch, make sure that they're active when you submit your update. Okay, so mm. it turns into uh, an interesting exercise of using the App Store to do beta distribution at a, glo- at a global scale here, literally. That's, that's precisely <laughs> what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. We, but then, okay, so that's that part. And then the next part is, 
okay, so you let these folks um, submit their apps. And then not 20 minutes later, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, everybody else can submit too. I mean, why even have that gap? It seems like not meaningful yeah. to me unless they had spent like a month in review because they were like the first time that the app store reviewers were building processes and all sorts of things. Yeah, that's true. They had to go through their whole process of testing apps as well. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, yeah. it's like they, they definitely want to ensure that there are uh, a set number of quality apps that they can count on being in the store, right? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, you can imagine like say six months ago or eight months ago or a year ago during the planning process for what is happening right now, them not being sure, right? You, you know, even Apple may not have been able to count on, uh, uh, you know, good third-party support, right? So that's why they went after these companies, a lot of companies really, yeah. um, and, and set up this situation where we knew that on day one that it was going to be these 20 apps, 30 apps, whatever the number is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they together alone make a compelling case for the watch. But now they're guaranteed with all of the other third-party support, the broad third-party support that has been opened up now. They know they're going to have a lot of apps in there. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a good point that somebody made, that Apple had to build all their infrastructure for testing, and they don't want that breaking on day one. So they needed some input to, to just exercise their system, make sure it was all working. So they needed a few apps coming through so they could have something to, to Yeah, and, something and they, d- they don't want to be like the, Apple, the, the iPhone in 2007 with like, you know, 13 apps, right? Right. I mean, I remember when I got, first got my first iPad, one of the first apps I downloaded was Evernote. I didn't even know what it was, right? Um, yeah, so... Well, that's not going to be a problem this time. Yeah. I mean, they, they may be expecting that they're going to get, and maybe already have gotten, thousands and thousands of submissions. Because when you think about it, if you know, compared to writing a full-fledged app, writing a, a watch app is, is relatively a small thing. So right. there, there may just be... A queue, thousands long, of people trying to get these things through the, you know, in, into the store. So, do you think? Do you think? Because you, you know, when you, I don't know if you guys have played around with with WatchKit extensions at all, but you, I mean, you basically build an app, you build an iPhone app, and then you add a, a bunch of targets to it for right. for the watch, right? Do you think there'll be actual standard, like the keyboard extension kind of apps? Do you think there's going to be a lot of apps that are that have nothing on the phone, and all the all the the stuff is happening on the watch? Yeah, I think that'll yeah. be true if by nothing on the phone you mean the iPhone app as far as, you know, UI and whatever you could do yeah. is yeah. pretty much a, a hollow shell that says, hey, do this to integrate into the, into the watch. And everything, all yeah. the business logic is just kind of behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. Well, how much of that will Apple allow, though? I mean, that was clearly not their intention, right? They don't really want that from everything mm-hmm. they've said. So how tough are they going to make it for apps like that to get in? I wonder. But. Yeah, it kind of seems to me that the watch, as as we have it now, the watch kit ex- as we have it now, is more like an external monitor, really, than than anything else, you know. Because I mean, there's not a lot of not a lot of stuff happens on the on the watch it say itself. You can't do any animations on it. You can only load a bunch of images and and run run through them to, to do a pseudo animation. I haven't done any of that yet, so I don't know how how quick that is, but you know. You're not going to be uh, figuring out the vector angle for that bird to fly and hit the ball, right? So, <laughs> so I have noticed that um, the app review times on appreviewtimes.com have been on an upward trend for several days. So it was mm. relatively stable at seven and is now eight and is on an upward trend. Wow. Presumably as folks have 
some combination of folks, um, you know, submitting apps that would have um, watch integration as well as um, just perhaps taking more time as Apple tries to figure out what it wants to do in terms yeah. of reviewing these things and really nails down some of their processes. But as, as we record, it was only yesterday that, that they opened the gates for general public to our general public for the, you know, the developers to start submitting apps, right? That's right. Yeah. So the 31st so, of March. Speaking of review times, I have a, a little bit of a tangent question okay. that I want to throw out there. Sure. So does anyone have enough data yet to know what the typical review time for a test flight beta app is? You know, it's funny. Somebody asked me that same question today. It depends on if you're putting it through review or if you're just doing an update, right? But um, it's always my, the first my, review that matters. my experience. Right. Yeah, my right. experience is it's a couple of days. It's actually it's actually very brief compared to an app store submission, which can yeah. be seven to seven to ten yeah. days, right? My, the, the the couple of apps that I put through, I would say, I don't think it was two days. You know, yeah, I it was found, painful, but yeah, I, I have a you know small amount of data still, but I found that every single time on the first submission, it's whatever time of day you submit, the yeah. next day at five o'clock is when it oh, gets really? approved. Yeah, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five o'clock my time. Yeah. Mm. It's Anything about the day of the week or? Uh, I don't have enough data to know that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if yeah, because because I don't know if Apple works twenty four seven, right? So mm. on that stuff. They know. must do because they've got people in Australia submitting and yeah, yeah, you know, so, and I wonder if they have, they must have different reviewers for different markets as well, right? They must. Yeah. Well, cause of all the localization and stuff like that. We have one app that's localized in 14 languages and it's always takes a long time to go through a review. Once, once it hits the review, it, it takes lo longer than normal. I mean, I've had reviews, apps go through review in like 30 seconds, you know, or, or an hour maybe. Right. Well, they need um, to find that one guy who speaks Slovakian to, to, just, to check yeah, out the localization. Yeah, yeah. Hey, put down the mop. Come over here and read the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go around the table and uh, we normally do as we wrap up and we'll see if anybody has any picks. I'm going to go to Jaime and see if you have a pick. I Jaime? do. And uh, this one's a blog post on, it's called Creating Animations and Interactions with Physical Models. It's mm -hmm. by Ralph Thomas, who uh, I'm not familiar with. He describes himself as a full stack client engineer, and he's mm -hmm. done performance enhancements, contributions to WebKit. This kind of gives you a sense of where he's coming from. It's a pretty good article about comparing um, sort of traditional CSS style transitions with, um, what's the bet good term for this, perhaps much more realistic kinds of, of animations. So you'll see a, a whole bunch of different bits of comparisons, um, recreating some UIs from you know, Android Wear, from um, just pushing buttons to uh, something like Windows 8 and the whole Metro work. And it's kind of nice because these are interactive kind of things. It's not just watch the animation. You can actually tweak some of the actual values. And I think the reason it's, it's kind of interesting and important is I've had some folks ask me, like, well, we don't really need to worry about animation in this app. Like, this is <laughs> kind of glitz and glamour. And that's true in some cases. But it's not always true. If you read this post and you compare some of these things, you can see how the user experience is, you know, measurably impacted, right? Like you can tell like, oh yeah, this, this has a feeling of quality or, hey, I actually understand better what's happening here. Yeah, right? Because it of the can animation, draw attention yeah. to things that are important with animation rather than kind of beating your user over the head with a, you know, full screen dialogue that says, hey, by the way, 
here's blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, no, I mean, if you just kind of make the thing wiggle a little bit, maybe the user will know or be invited to, you know, to touch that particular option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is cool. I'm playing with Do you these. Do you use uh, the uh, UIKit Dynamics uh, SDKs? I've played around with them, but I haven't really used them in an app yet. Likewise, um, yeah. having to do uh, support for iOS 6, it just hasn't been top of mind <laughs> since 7 uh, is uh, yeah. for that. So workarounds like using you know, Facebook Pop uh, to do a lot of that kind of stuff. But Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's great stuff. I've had a yeah. chance to uh, to use it, and it's been pretty phenomenal. So many so many knobs to twist and turn. It's uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, it does it does a, it does sort of give a little edge to your app in terms of um, it's not just a table view that displays data, right? So yeah, it it really yeah. changes things from being like that minimum viable product to a mm-hmm. minimum lovable or minimum desirable product. Mm-hmm which could be an important distinction depending on your category. So I'm just setting up setting up my uh, my pick here. Give me a second here. Oh, we're going to Periscope, are we? Yeah, we are. So I, did you see my, my April Fool's uh, post today about Periscope? I, said that I we did. Were, I said that we were going to live broadcast a show on uh, Periscope oh, today. Oh, yes, I did. Tim, I saw it on Twitter, right? <laughs> I saw it. That's uh, amazing. Uh, April Fool's. Because you got an April email. Fools. Oh, <laughs> All right, so my pick this week is uh, podca- is uh, Periscope, and I'm just going to hit the bu- broadcast button right now and start my broadcast. So, oh, yeah, I got so a notification. Go. Yeah, I did too. And actually, there's also a More Than Just Code podcast account, which I'm going to open up there. That's interesting. I did not get... I Look, there's get 10 it. people already. Jesus, would you look yes, at this? Yes, yes. So I'm going to turn my volume down on my iPad, because uh, the More Than Just Code podcast is also watching this too. Jaime Lopez is just joined. Hey, Jaime, how's it going? Pretty so, good. Pretty good. What do you guys? So this that? is this is a product from from uh, from Twitter. Um, let me just get my uh, Skype view here. So, so that's a good question. Is. So so Tim is talking about the Periscope app from Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, people can't people can't hear you. Hey, Greg, how you doing? So yeah, so it's an app from from um, Twitter, and just it's been out for a couple of weeks. So I guess it was in beta testing, and we're getting lots of love from people right now. Um, but basically, uh, you can you can connect to people on Twitter. You can a, when you start a broadcast, you can choose to announce your broadcast on Twitter, so people will come in and, and look at stuff, and, and you get all kinds of crass comments. But basically, we're broadcasting live onto the web as we speak. Here, I'm looking at I'll look at my, and I'll post this video to. Uh, oh, that's really cool. I got some really trippy stuff happening now. Can you guys see that? Wow! Talk about UI dy- dynamics. What the heck? Look at that, isn't that cool? What do you even? I don't even understand what I'm seeing. <laughs> How does one give love? <laughs> anyway, so um, why? Where's these hearts? Come? I don't even. Know. So the heart. This so people people are liking liking the podcast or liking the 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 stream as I'm as I'm broadcasting it. So so Rene Ritchie was on a train the other day going to Ool conference in. Uh, I'm not sure where it is. Oh, Dubai. Ireland. Dubai? Dublin. Oh, Dublin. Oh, okay. Dubai, okay. Dublin. It's all the same. I thought it was Dubai. I must, I must have misread something. But anyway, so um, uh, there was a train they were going on. And on the train when he broadcast was all of the brain trust of the Mac and iOS media. Like Marco was on there. You know, Georgia Dow was on there. If, if that train got taken out, there would have been a whole lot of openings in the, in the, Mac, the uh, Mac and iOS media market. 
you know, lots of speaking opportunities for people. Anyway, so coming back to Periscope, I've been using it for about a week now, and it's actually pretty cool. It's it's you're you're able to stream your 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 crappy stuff. Oh, I, should, I guess I should show my fridge, right? Hey, homie. Hang yeah, apparently that's like a thing. Okay, I gotta take my headphones off. Hang on one sec. So I somehow lost the stream. It's weird. Show their fridge on. You notice how like it's the numbers are dropping off dramatically as. You know, we can't hear you anymore, Tim. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that that's a nice full fridge. Um. So that's the thing. So so yeah, it's kind of a cool little app, and it and it, it like I think it's really a neat technology that that actually sends the stuff out to the web, and people can. Uh, thanks, Greg. <laughs> people can uh, check it out. So, what do you guys know about Periscope? You know nothing, I know. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, I think we were talking about this earlier, and I don't know if you're going to use any of that here, but um, weird in that it's this, you know, instant sort of broadcast mechanism that mm-hmm. I'm seeing in my Twitter feed all the time. And then by the time I get there, there's no Twitter feed, right? Or no Periscope feed because it's, you know, you, you, you started it, you said, ah, fun, yeah, stop yeah. it. And then, and then I see the link in my feed and I open it up and no, nothing. So... Uh, it's a little bizarre, and um, it's obviously incredibly. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, disposable, you know. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Uh, the, the streams basically, unless you save your camera roll, they're gone once you've uh, once you've uh, saved them. They get uploaded to a server somewhere, and they only last for 24 hours, and then they apparently disappear. Sure. So uh, I, I did a couple of uh, like I did my talk the other day on on uh, the Apple Watch, and I wanted to keep my my talk, but um, you lost uh, it. Yeah, I, I think I tapped the screen, and, and if you tap, it cancels, and it's a uh, it's a bit flaky that way. But uh, it's but cool. Presumably, I, you're not going to record the thing that you're looking at on the screen, right? Like this is the most boring video feed I've ever seen in my life. There's my microphone, by the way. Right? Yeah. Um, like I'm looking I'm looking at your Skype. And a picture of the three avatars. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. It looks like mine. Um, <laughs> you know, in your place. Wait, show me Mac, for example. Well, like, Mac, show me... Mac, Mac sleeping on the couch. Oh, there's Tim. I saw a little reflection of you there. That's Mac there. Um, Squishing his head. That's yeah, a Canadian, okay. Canadian reference. Oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. There he is. <laughs> is that a Canadian thing? No, a little higher. A little higher. There you go. Um, okay. <laughs> So yeah, presumably though you you you're able to in Periscope you flip the camera around and use the FaceTime oh, yeah. camera, that's true. Let so me... we can see like you know an actual human subject as opposed to oh hello hi a static image got my haircut I'm a little behind here so I guess I'm not oh, seeing sorry. it there you are there mm-hmm. okay yeah okay so with oh but uh, we've lost him I can't hear him anymore oh I'm t- I'm here oh okay sorry I wasn't talking. It's it's weird because I'm looking at you, but uh, <laughs> um, your there's, mouth is moving and nothing's coming out. Because, well, there's a, there's a delay. Yeah. Like it seems to be uh, there seems to be a delay between yeah, uh, totally, and yeah. uh, so it's freaking me out. It's I'm talking yeah. to you live, watching your face move, and yeah, yeah. the words are coming out some other time. Anyway, um, very interesting social experiment. We'll you know we'll have to see if this thing actually becomes a thing, and I wonder if it won't just be a preserve for famous people who decide to start a Periscope get tens of thousands of instant viewers uh but people like you and me get no viewers at all well yeah it's well um i got five right now i had set, like i did a talk the other day and i got 70 but the um 
the Chris Chris Hatfield started it, and that's how I found out about it. I saw a tweet by him and and uh, jumped on it, and he's apparently been testing it before when it was in beta testing. So he's been doing things like he's recording an album right now, and he's you know goes on talks about you know uh, space equipment and stuff like that, and and I think he's writing on his Twitter fame as it were for, that he obviously yes yeah from, well uh, he's he's one of the people I'm talking about like yeah exactly person. exactly. Right. So, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, me, like say I start a Periscope and, you know, what am I going to record? So, you know, I'm going to take your questions right now and go ahead and ask me anything. Who's going to tune in for that? Nobody. <laughs> so somebody ask Aaron a question or is this the four of us on here? Greg, are you there? Well, <sighs> this is Aaron. I'm animating your head talking. This is just bizarre because, <laughs> you know, we're both reporting a, co- a podcast. And oh. and Tim is hosting a, a Periscope. Greg, Greg says hi. Well, I'm sure he does, but... <laughs> you know, so people have asked us, or a couple of people have asked us, like, hey, would we ever do, you know, live streaming? And I think you could sort of hack it a little bit, right, by... Uh, <laughs> by using Periscope. By using yeah. Periscope, playing it's it distracting, out. isn't it? It's tough to follow a podcast and watch this Periscope thing at the same time. Which are, they're actually kind of asynchronous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, and I had to tune out because I, or turn off the Periscope because I couldn't focus on what you guys were talking about. Anymore. Right, right. I see that you guys are having that issue. <clears throat> anyway, interesting app. Let's see how it pans out in the next couple of weeks. And uh, as, as for a vote um, on having a live stream of our podcast, I think that's a great idea if we know of any mechanism to do it with. Well, people, a lot of people do it through video um, and then they record the call off of Skype. But we, and we could do that. I mean, certainly. Um, so, uh, Greg, it's my house, not Aaron's house. Oh, you want Aaron to show you the fridge? Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Skype does keep saying, make this a group video call. It's free. Oh, okay. Well, maybe Aaron should just do that. Really? <laughs> and oh, then show us God, his Lord. fridge. <laughs> well, I know on, I know on Roundabout, uh, Ta- uh, Tammy and Philippe, they, they, um, they record theirs uh, using video, but they they do an audio podcast. But uh, and they keep the video for, for posterity, I guess. You know, you never know. Yeah, anyway, right. that's my review of Periscope. It's kind of a cool app. Uh, like I said, it's 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 trendy right now. Um, yeah, it's that's a cool, the thing. Cool ex- execution. Uh, you know, of course, I think you have to have the the development muscle of a Twitter. I think well, Twitter bought them for some insane amount of money, right? Oh, um, did they? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. thought they did it in-house. Okay. Oh, so, no, no, it was, uh, they bought Periscope. Do you know anything about it, Jaime, at all? I don't remember the details, but it's worth pointing out that there was a competitor app that. that got impacted by the deal, right? So yeah, Meerkat, Meerkat. Yeah. Kind of a similar concept, but much more of a, well, we just talked about it, right? It's much more of a minimum viable product. Meerkat really didn't do much. It was kind of one of those, like, produce it within you know one to two weeks maybe even Thanks over like a hackathon weekend right or something i forget what they said but it's pretty bare bones um yeah. whereas periscope is you know much more in depth in in terms of like i mean just look at the little hearts animation of people liking what's happening here and the transitions that happen as people add text like you know greg is saying like hey meerkat used a twitter graph api to connect and got squashed quickly yes that's true so meerkat was around for i don't know week and a half or so i forget the exact timing um you know it kind of like periscope it uses the twitter graph to connect people to who they're with um but uh right before south by southwest the uh big conference or festival i guess conference slash festival slash extravaganza in austin texas 
on Twitter said, hey, we've got this Periscope thing going on. Let's kick them in the shins and remove their access to that graph. And it's really hurt Meerkat's uh, ability to kind of just stay viable, as far as I can tell. Particularly considering that they were, as, I mean, I'm going into the opinion here, but it seems like Meerkat was pretty much an inferior product to begin with. I mean, Periscope is just better. I don't know why Twitter, you know, kind of had to twist the knife in the back and rub some salt in the wound. But uh, that was their right. They can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out over the next little while. Wow, look at the Inception thing happening here. <laughs> I took my headphones off and I put them next to the uh, next to the speaker on the phone so people can hear you talking. So we are yeah, live. Yeah, I saw Greg uh, commenting stuff. I was reading it live. It was... It'll be interesting. I, I think some uses that come to my mind, of course, as you mentioned, the celebrities, like, you know, if Lady Gaga goes in there, Justin Bieber or Michelle Phan or PewDiePie, you know, Markiplier folks, I could see... I didn't recognize half the names you just said there. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that explains, you know, your your lack of interest in, in Periscope, right? It's, it's not going to be for everybody, right? It, mm-hmm. I don't think it's... It, it's... Like we were talking about with the watch, I think you got to have a certain kind of level of interest. And in terms of broadening those interests, I would think that um, using Periscope for things that like uh, YouTube live streaming is currently used for. For example, a lot of animal shelters or even um, like foster home type things for pets will have like, here's the kitty corner or here's the puppy place. And they have these you know, adorable animals that you can just see a live feed at any time and just see what they're up to. Oh, look, they're getting fed. Oh, they're playing with each other. And people really like that. And it sort of builds this community aspect around getting those pets uh, adopted. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I've actually got the idea of, you know, turning like an old iPod or something and using Periscope and turning it into like a cheap webcam for like, hey, what's going on in my house? Huh. Can you just run it like full time? I have no idea. Hmm. I want to experiment with it. Yeah, get What's a crappy that? old Periscope? iPhone. Yeah, pair. No, Tim, we're talking about something else. In no, there. no, I, I had my head, I got the headphones wrapped around the phone so people can oh, hear you on the broadcast. God, so a Periscope <laughs> is killing our podcast. <laughs> All right, we're done. Is that they call it? This this thing's over, man. We're done. <laughs> All right, folks, it's over. Aaron's called it. Yeah, we're to, done. I have to Hour swipe, and a half of recording. Stop the broadcast. <laughs> Cut it out, man. Okay, let's hope it right. saves it. Okay, it's going to save it now. I'm going to save it to the camera roll so we can put it on the on the show notes. Oh, yes. Which, by the way, I'm delighted to see that you have linked show notes uh, in our RSS feed. Yeah, I switched the way I, I do them. Um, I now, I now, uh, as I'm edit, as I'm doing the final edit, I go through it. I start putting stuff onto the uh, onto the uh, the WordPress website, and then once I've got the whole thing set up, I grab it and put it into the feed and and uh, publish it to iTunes. So yeah. it, that's how that's how we get it in there. Fantastic. Yeah, I knew that would make it well, because you use Overcast, right? And and yep. I, think, I think in Overcast you can click on the links and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, now you, can. now you can. Yeah, it's it's a bit. Uh, the the mileage varies a little bit between. Uh, like I think the podcast app doesn't quite do that, and I and I didn't know what would happen when on on iTunes itself, but uh, I guess we'll call it there, and uh, we'll say uh, till we see you guys next week, Aaron. If people are looking for you on the interwebs, uh, where can they find you? On Twitter. Twitter.com slash Aaronvay or my website for Magpie, magpievideo.com. Look at a cool icon splash page. Thing. Cool. It's all purpley with a big bird on it. It's very purple. 
Mm-hmm. And Jaime, where can people find you on the internet? On Twitter as at Dev with the Hair and devwithahair.com. And Mark, if people want to get in touch with you, how to do that? Mark R. at smapsoft.com. And once again, I'm Timitra. I am Timitra on uh, Twitter. And I am at my blog, it-guy.com. And uh, that's about it. I guess we'll see you guys next week. Good night, guys. Good night. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, or if you can, please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. You can provide as little as a dollar amount. Any amount helps. However, you're free to do as you please. Thanks again for listening. Periscope, my God, Periscope! Wow, that's a cool tool, eh? Well, okay, I haven't that's tried. That's my it. pick. That's my pick. Yeah, it's that's your pick. pick. You got it. You claimed it. It's all yours. You can have I it. Know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Periscope later on when when I cover it too. So, um, get forty people watching you s- s- stare at your computer screen. Well, and, and it's funny to make crass comments too. So I did my, I did my talk on on the uh, on the Apple Watch to the non pecky group. All right, um, yeah. Part of my Toastmaster thing, and I said to them, "Listen, you know, I've got this crazy idea. I've, there's this new app called Periscope, and I basically periscoped my talk. Right. So I, I actually did a periscope of it earlier in the day when I was rehearsing because you're, you're supposed to videotape yourself and, and see how you speak and right. timing and stuff like that, right? Right. So I actually periscoped my entire talk and I had one of the guys, you know, one of the guys in the club, uh, he was holding the phone for me and we ended up with like 70 viewers and there was a glitch and it didn't, I'll talk about this when I, when I do my pick, but there was a glitch where it didn't actually save the video, which is why, why I taped it ultimately. Because um, if you if it saves it to the you can then people can watch it again if they missed it and if you, and so there's a link in there I'll sh- I'll talk about it again when I do the pick but when you you click on when you start the broadcast you can you can announce it on Twitter yes right? of course I mean if that's all I ever see on Twitter are these periscopes <laughs> driving me insane well so so the first thing is a periscope thing and then the other thing is uh, is the um, uh, is uh, the, basically if you have Periscope installed on your phone, it will actually whistle and say, oh, Steve Heyman's riding the GO train to back to Oakville kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, actually the other day, Mark Pavlidis was doing his siphon coffee thing. And, and uh, so I happened, I, had, I got a little message from my thing. So I watched him make siphon coffee, which was kind of cool. And he was glad that he wasn't just talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm opening Periscope for the first time here. And the idea is that I... I start recording live, and anybody that knows me on Twitter can start watching my live feed. And you know what I've done? Like, whenever I see those links and I try it, I thought, oh, what the heck? Let's try this. And I click it, and it's over. Too late. You can't watch this. How weird is that? Wait, so how far away? So I think the streams are held for a couple hours, maybe 24 hours. It's not like Meerkat, which is something that came out about three weeks prior. And yeah. I think that one was more, much more ephemeral that if you didn't catch the live stream, 
Too bad. Hmm. All right. See, I'm watching something live right now. It's these three guys in costumes. Oklahoma Festival Ballet. There you go. They're like ballet dancers. Okay, so that's weird. I'm going to stop that. Uh, it just seems so ephemeral, right? That, you know, there's these live streams out there that anyone can tune in to watch and, and interact with, I guess. Uh, I just installed it and I, I listened to a, uh, or watched, listened. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Periscope when I do my pick, so so follow me and then you'll get a notice. No, I, if I'm following you on Twitter, I'm following you. When and you, you do that, f- I will do that. I think I, you know, I just... I just automatically followed all my Twitter followers in this thing. Okay. Yeah, I think you have to go through and pick them. It doesn't quite doesn't. Yeah, automatic, it had automatic. them all checkmarked, and I just said yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. I um, usually when there's an onboarding process like that, I don't always just grab everything because you never know, right? You never know. You never know. When, Tim, so, when do you know? Never. Never.